Our scripture reading for today is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. This is a portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, beginning with verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray now that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. If there were aliens and they came to earth to visit the state of Minnesota and they were to just look at our society and culture and cities and buildings and things and the things that we are drawn to and the things that excite us, what would they conclude about what's most important to us? Here are the top five most visited buildings in the state of Minnesota. The Mall of America, 40 million people a year. The Grand Casino at Hinckley, the Grand Casino at Mille Lacs, U.S. Bank Stadium, and Target Center. So if they were just observing our culture and the things that draw the most attention, what might they, what might be, what conclusions might they draw? Let's make this more personal. What if, what if someone you just discovered now for two years has been secretly watching and observing you and knew your, your uh, financial records, your checking account, and banking, and credit, and all of that. And also what you were observing, what you were doing with your time, and your recreation, and everything. What conclusions might they draw about you regarding the thing that, uh, that your heart is the most attached to? The thing that matters the most in your life. be kind of scary in my case, I know that. The words that we have in front of us today from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we must remember were given to believers. These weren't spoken to unbelievers. These were people that had been following Christ, that had sat at his feet and listened to him and had expressed faith in him. Some of these men, in fact, had already left earthly occupations lucrative occupations to go and follow him. And yet, notice Jesus still still includes this warning to them as he does for all of us. So why is that so necessary? Well, materialism or being attached to the things that we can get in this life is just an ongoing struggle, even for the strongest Christians. The, The things that we can get in this world are so alluring and so fascinating and And they they seem to give us such an answer to the hunger that's inside of us for all the different things that we we want that are going to give us ultimate joy and contentment. So it's so easy for us at any stage of life to, to be so attached to these things. And it's one of the devil's best weapons against believers to come to them with temptations. He even did it to Christ. He even took Jesus up high on the buildings in Jerusalem and and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and so on and, and said, I'll give you all of this if you only bow down and worship me. We think about Judas, 
Jesus' disciple? Just think of, think of the advantage he had from a spiritual perspective as a, as a Christian. He got to sit at Jesus' feet every day for three years, listen to him teach. He, he observed him performing miracles. He saw him raise people back to life from the dead. He heard lessons like this constantly. And yet he was willing to sell his Lord away for just a, a little bag full of silver. Years ago, I was a pastor of a church in town and some of the religion professors from Bethany at the time were members of the church I was serving. And two Sundays in a row, I happened to preach on texts that were like this that dealt with materialism and greed and stuff. And I was talking to one of those professors and I said, I, I probably need to get off the subject. I've preached on it a couple weeks in a row now and said it's, it's maybe getting, you know, uh, monotonous to, to people listening. And I remember he said to me, I need to hear this every week. You could preach a sermon on that every week. That's how much I need to hear that. So that's somebody who was dedicated to teaching the word of God to people and still recognize such a powerful lure that there is inside of us to, to that sort of thing. We would love to have our heaven right now. We wish that there was a way to, to have it just kind of drip down to the earth and that the glory that we're all waiting for, that, that God promises us through faith in Christ, we know that's a wonderful thing, but we really, really wish we could have at least part of that now and a taste of it now. And we can so easily, I know I can so easily allow the world to establish what things I should see as having value rather than the things God would teach us to find where there should be true value. And Jesus in our text here is reminding us of what really happens to all the stuff that the world puts in front of us that wants to lure us away from him. He reminds us that there's an expiration date on all of these things. And God, in his wisdom, may at times let you have some of these wonderful things in your life, whatever they might be, but at the same time, he might pull some of them away. In his wisdom, he may decide, I'm going to take some of that away from you, right? It might be health. It might be your looks. It might be a person in your life. It might be some wealth, it might be your job, it might be a variety of things. And part of the reason for possibly removing that may be, in his wisdom, to, to remind us that this isn't really our heaven. This isn't where we're going to find our glory in this life. A Norwegian bishop by the name of Locke said this, It is grace when the Lord lays hold of our goods, takes them away, all of them or some of them, as much as he knows we can handle, to teach us to recognize our idolatrous trust in mammon, that's the things of this life, and to free us from it. Jesus reminds us here, moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. That's, that's the, the, type of, the, the type of stuff that it takes to so easily remove all of the goods we can have here. Years ago, there was a man that used to preach in this chapel, not in this building, but in Bethany's chapel years ago, and he said it this way, a golden mattress does you no good when you are on your deathbed. I remember when I was a brand new pastor up in Minneapolis, uh, about the first month or two after I had started um, serving a call there, a man from the congregation came to me and he said to me, a few of you have heard, heard me tell this story, he said, if you're going to be my pastor, I need, I need you to hear my story. And he pulled up the sleeves on his shirt 
and he was full of scars on both of his arms. And he told me that he used to work for a leather company. This was back in the 60s and 70s. Things were going really well, and he was making a lot of money. And he'd been raised as a Christian, but he'd started to fall away from his faith. And all of a sudden, he was being sent on a, a trip, I think it was to Colorado, uh, in a little plane, and the plane went down after it took off and crashed. And uh, he was caught in the fire of the plane, obviously survived, but was scarred from it for the rest of his life. And uh, he showed me this, and he said, this was my wake-up call from God. He said, this was my wake-up call to get me to realize that I was focusing on the wrong things in my life and how I needed to once again treasure my Savior and everything he's done for me. Through his word, God the Holy Spirit keeps our spiritual priorities in line. Christ has come into this world not to give you better things for this life, but to give you an eternal home that has wealth and riches and things that will give you contentment far beyond anything you could ever know in this world. He came into this world to make atonement and pay for all the sins of greed and our covetousness and desires that we have for the things in this life. He has come to make atonement for all of that and to also give you in your baptism the holy robe of righteousness, the purity that God will uh, look at you in and, and invite you to heaven, the gift that he gives you through faith. And he has dressed you in that robe of righteousness as a way of, of letting you know that you belong in another place. You belong in a heavenly home. In this world, we can sometimes be like a child that is out in the parking lot and has been coming out of a store with their helium balloon and suddenly lets it go and they're mad now and there's nothing they can do about it. We can sometimes be like that when we think about the, the goods and stuff that we can have in this life that somehow get lost or taken away from us. But when that child grows up and realizes how insignificant that balloon was, may laugh at themselves. Someday in heaven, will we possibly laugh at ourselves for all the trivial uh, things in this life that our hearts could get so attached to that really ultimately didn't matter? Now that we're in the presence of God and in the glory of his angels and enjoying the feast of salvation, Jesus says to you and me, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. He wants you to enjoy an, uh, a permanent heavenly wealth that this world can't even match. And so may our pray all, prayer always be that God will help us keep our spiritual sights in their proper order. As Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Please rise. And we pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many earthly blessings that you shower down upon us every day. We pray that you would give us hearts of gratitude for all of these gifts, but also that you would give us wisdom in our hearts to look at them from the proper perspective of heaven. Keep us always in your grace through faith in Christ Jesus as we look forward to the wonderful home you've prepared for us in the mansions above. We ask it all in our Lord's saving name. Amen.
May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Go now in his peace. Amen. Thank you.